We are on this series going through the book of Luke, and hopefully you brought your Bible or you have your device. Let's turn there to Luke chapter 4. I have a couple questions for you, though. First and foremost, when was the last time you were tempted? <laughs> you don't probably have to think very far behind you on that one. The other question is, did you give in? Now, please don't tell your neighbor whether you did or didn't. Did you, think, uh, did you think about something? Did you think about who is tempting you? Was it just your own mind? Was there an influence? Was it a friend who's tempting you? And did you, uh, bigger question is, did you find purpose in your temptation? Now, that's an interesting question because many times we think temptation is like something wrong. And I want to be... Uh, encouraging for you today and say temptation actually is a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity, and we're going to talk about that a little bit uh, today. The interesting thing that Jesus, right after he was baptized in the Jordan River by his cousin John the Baptist, we saw that the heavens opened up and descended on him like a dove was the Holy Spirit. So filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus' first part of his ministry is what? Going into the wilderness to be tempted. Interesting. His very first thing, after he's filled with the Holy Spirit, goes into the wilderness and experiences temptation for 40 days. So let's read this a little bit together, and then we're going to dig into this and why temptation actually is a bigger opportunity for you than you ever thought. And Jesus, filled with the, full of the Holy Spirit, this is Luke chapter 4, starting verse 1, full of the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So first of all, you need to understand who's leading him in the wilderness. The Holy Spirit is. Uh, For 40 days, being tempted by the devil. Here's your answer of who tempts you, tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command the stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and in a moment of time and said to him, to you, I will give you all this authority and their glory for it has been delivered to me and I give it to whom I wish. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem, and he set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and on the hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus said, Answered him, it is said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until the appointed time. There's a lot of things we can learn in here about this uh, account of Jesus. Again, his ministry is just getting to be birthed. And what does it do? It starts with temptation. Full of the Holy Spirit. So I know some of you who are like, hey, you know, I gave my life to Jesus and maybe you have a real spiritual high and then all of a sudden the temptation comes. 
It's like, am I really saved? Am I, am I, did I really experience God? And we misinterpret the purpose of temptation and we misunderstand what temptation is for an opportunity for you. Jesus um, gave us some, some clues to this. Who's tempting us? How are we tempted? We're going to go through that today. But I, I want to encourage you that in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says, no one is going to be tempted beyond what the Lord has already provided as a way out of that temptation. So I want to encourage you. Sometimes you feel like the weight of that temptation is too much for you. And that the only solution is to give in. And I want to let you know that the word is clear that he has not tempted you beyond your ability to overcome that temptation. So take some solace in that and some encouragement. Well, there's three types of temptations. And I think it's important to go through there. Um, and it's kind of, the enemy knows it. By the way, the enemy is a liar, a deceiver. And uh, he's very crafty. He's been working his craft for thousands of years. And so you and I just happen to be the latest of his pawns of craftiness. But the good news is what he has determined for our bad, for bad, for evil, for um, not good, God will use it for our good. This is the way that God always works in the world if we allow him to. And I think uh, that we need to be uh, understanding temptation because temptation is all around us. There's three temptations, the temptation of the world, temptation of the flesh, and then Satan's temptation, temptation from Satan. So the world is, is kind of like, it, it puts on this idea of temptation to have status, wealth, and power. And, you know, we've masked that word power, to, and we just kind of like said influence. We want to have influence. But the reality, the root of all that is pride. And, and it's, it's a temptation to say somehow we, we're going to elevate ourselves. And this is what we see, actually, um, the temptation that he gave Jesus like, look at all these kingdoms, and I have the ability to give it all to you. I mean, first of all, Satan's pretty dumb that he's asking, he's trying to tempt Jesus, like who knows it all, but he's got to, com got to commend him. He's trying, because he knows what is ahead of him, right? He knows his defeat at the end of the day. But he's trying, he's trying. So he's telling Jesus, like, and he tells you and I this. You know what? If you just give yourself to me, I will give you all the riches and all the prosperity and I'll, I'll give you influence and power. Today, I would, I would encourage you. I, we don't know who has given, sold their soul to the devil. But the reality is there are people who have incredible wealth, incredible influence, and it is truly empowered by the devil. And, we, and as a world, we look at them and we see the corrupt uh, nature of them. It's like, how do they succeed? Well, I'll tell you what, they're, they're first of all not succeeding because their soul is rotting. But, but from the world's standards, it's like, wow, how did they get to that place? Well, because ha Satan has power. He has the ability to prosper people. But those people have had to give in to that temptation to say, I'm making a deal with the devil. Number two, the flesh. You know, the flesh is really the appetites of, uh, that we have, right? So here he's, the enemy's going after even Jesus' appetite, true appetite of saying, you know, just turn this bread, this stone into bread. You can do it, Jesus, and, and you know, you can eat. And how, many, how much more of the appetites of the world do we look at? You know, just think about those things that are, 
the cravings of our flesh, whether it is food, whether it's sexual pleasure, whether it is whatever those appetites might be that are part of our flesh. We're going to be tempted in those areas. And then, true, we have the the direct confrontation uh, and the temptation from the lies of Satan. And and he'll always say this, did did God really say that? We we see that. He's not that creative, by the way. He's not creative at all. He's a created being, remember? All Satan is is a fallen angel, and he's just really ticked off at God. And so he's trying to bring everybody that he can into hell with him, and he's going to do it through temptations. But in the Garden of Eden, we just know exactly the serpent said, did God really say that? And then that's kind of his tactic, right? And so why is it so important? Jesus combated that by saying, no, 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 this is what the, this is what the word says. If there's ever a reason for you to know the word of God, this is well, like the number one reason. Yes, it feeds your soul. Yes, it uh, makes you uh, closer to Jesus. But, but the enemy is always going to want to create a level of deception for you by saying, did God really say? Did God really say? And, and you have to combat that with actually the truth of the word of God. Uh, this week, I'm going to, if you get our newsletter, or if you don't get our newsletter, make sure you just go on the website and click subscribe to the newsletter. I send out a weekly update um, that gives you some things that are going on in the church, but I also give some personal things. This week, I have an amazing little devotional, daily devotional that I, I think you're going to be encouraged by. So I'll send you the link to that. But I know for me, it's been really helpful because it it really helps you memorize and understand the word of God in deeper ways. So there's been different things in my life over the time that has helped me to kind of hide the word of God in my heart. But one of the greatest ways that we can overcome the temptation is by to uh, combat the deception with truth. But, but let me just, I want you to just be reminded that temptation is not sin. When you give in to temptation... It's sin, but but it is not, temptation is not sin. I I want you to begin to look at temptation, though, as a doorway to actually usher you into God's greater purposes and God's calling for your life. Look at Jesus' life. The very first thing that he went through was temptation before he started his ministry, before he started healing people, before he started preaching about the good news of, of the kingdom of God, he was tempted. Why is that an important uh, distinction? Because I believe that sometimes we need to overcome the temptation to unlock God's calling in your life. It's kind of like God realizes that, that as we grow in um, our relationship with him, as we grow into our calling with him, he's going to give us greater responsibility and greater um, influence for his kingdom, not influence in the sense of power, but influence for his kingdom, he wants to make sure that we, we can pass those little smaller tests of temptation or bigger tests, but he moves us into that place, kind of brings it as a doorway that we step through into our purpose and calling when we can overcome the temptation. Now, we've all been there where we haven't overcome the temptation, right? Maybe you're right now in your life saying, you know what, I'm stuck in a, in a rut and I, and I can't break those things. Because what temptation does is, is, a, is a two-sided coin. 
It's an opportunity, a doorway that you walk into your calling and purpose, or it is a chain that you continue to wrap around yourself. There's two sides of this. And if you give into it, sin becomes bondage. It always does. It's, the end is always the same. Sin becomes bondage. Now, there's forgiveness for sin, for sure. But as the Lord has forgiven you for that sin, now you have to walk into greater places of freedom. That's why I so appreciate Celebrate Recovery is because they help create an atmosphere that, that, that creates the tools to help you walk out of those things that become patterns in your life of hurts, hangups, and habits. And we talked about that in the series on habits, right? How sometimes we create these pathways in our brain if we do something long enough that, that those, those temptations that become habits that are negative, that become destructive, become this, this bondage in our life. And a lot of it is hardwired into our brain. So we have to begin the process of untying those things. So when we're looking at temptation, I, I really want you to understand the next time you're tempted saying, okay, is it going to be a doorway for me or is it going to be a chain that gets wrapped around me? And then the choice becomes yours. But if you understand his tactics, who's tempting you, and then the opportunity that lies before you, it becomes a really powerful opportunity to say, I get to actually step into something that is greater for my life that God has purposed. For too, too long, I know in my life, I've looked at temptation like, I better not do it. I better not do it. And, and it's, the, it's the don't do as opposed to this is what I get to do. This is the opportunity that's before me that actually ushers me into a greater purpose and a, and a greater calling. Imagine what is the thing that God is calling you for that the temptation is the only obstacle that prevents you from getting there. I also want to give you some encouragement. If you're facing a lot of temptation right now, it's because around the corner of that temptation is something really good from God. And when you begin to understand that, that is the, that's the vehicle of which you get to experience the goodness of God, then it gets you excited to say, hey, you know what? I'm tempted. It's okay. I'm combating the temptation because I want the goodness of God in my life. I want him to open the door of this new thing that he has for me. So that temptation right now that, that you're either in or you're, you're battling through, just, just it's anticipation that God is getting ready to, do, to unlock something new and powerful in your life. But again, when you see the temptation, I want you to visualize two things. I want you to visualize a door or a chain or a rope, whatever you want to, whatever you want to put as a visualization to say, you know what, if I give in to the temptation, it becomes bondage. Or if I walk through the door and overcome the temptation, it becomes freedom into God's greater purposes. So there's three ways that I would say Jesus modeled that we are prepared to overcome the temptation. Because it can't just be a mental exercise. I mean, you've got to begin to see things properly in, in that opportunity in front of you. But it's, there's also some things that we need to do. And we already talked about one. But using the word of God properly. Understanding what the word of God is. Understanding his truth. And... And so that means you have to be in God's word. 
on a regular basis. And there's so many different tools out there. You don't, it's literally, you don't have to have a Bible by your bed every single night. There's so many opportunities and tools that allow you to get in God's word um, that are, that's what I'm telling you. I'm going to send you something this week. It's so good. Um, so be looking for that. And, um, but you've got to be, you got to know the truth of God's word because that's what helps us overcome. When the enemy whispers lies, you combat the lie with truth. And that gives you continued opportunity to overcome that temptation. The other interesting thing is, is he, Satan tempted him towards the end of his time of prayer and fasting. There's something that took place spiritually. It's almost like he needed that time of prayer and fasting to, be, to begin to have the strength to overcome the temptation. And so I would encourage you, if you don't know anything about fasting, begin to understand how do I, how do I fast? How do I eliminate certain things in my life? Maybe it's a social media fast. Maybe it's a food fast. Maybe it is a Netflix fast. Whatever it is that you need to cut out of your life to start building your spirit um, to overcome the temptations that are coming. So prayer and fasting usually go hand in hand, and that is a time where you just kind of separate yourself and, and saying, okay, God, how do, I, how do I move myself to be closer to you that I could be more attuned to what your Holy Spirit is saying and doing that will then strengthen me to overcome and resist the temptations that are in front of me? And I, let me back up. I don't like that word resist because it means that somehow that, that we've got to stop doing something. And I, I really want you to look at temptation as an opportunity. Temptation is the doorway that you're going to walk over it into greater fullness and freedom of God. As we move into a time of communion um, this afternoon, I mean today, this afternoon, it's not noon yet. Uh, we're just going to, we're going to walk through some things together and it's going to be re related around this whole idea of, of temptation. But I, I really want us to begin to start looking at the opportunity versus, ah, oh, I just got to keep resisting. Ah, oh, I just, or I just keep failing. Oh, you know what? I've tried before and I just can't overcome Good news, bad news. Um, if you don't have any temptation right now in your life, bad news, you're probably not a threat to Satan. Which means you're probably not advancing something in the kingdom. <laughs> because if you're, if you're just kind of riding through and you're not really being a threat to, to Satan, that, that your life is not charging ahead in the things of God, chances are Satan, like, why bother putting a lot of effort and energy into tripping that person up? Because we don't need to trip them up. <laughs> They're complacent. Here's, so here's the good news. You're facing temptation. Guess what? You're a threat. You're a threat. And now you just need to look at this idea of like, okay, Satan's after me. He's trying to trip me up. He's trying to put bondage in my life so I can become ineffective for, for Jesus and his kingdom. But now you're going to be saying, okay, thank you so much for this temptation. 
because now it's the door of opportunity for me to walk into God's greater fullness and God's greater calling to my life. Jesus started this way, so it's, it's probably good to understand that we would probably start this way. That it is the temptation that brings us into our purpose and our calling. Um, Richie, Tim can come up and play keys now if you'd like. Um, or I should address Tim, wherever Tim is. I just don't see him. There he is. Just to kind of help create a little bit of, because we're going to be in a more of a reflective place. So I, I want us to ask, have you ask a few questions. Think about the last time that you were tempted. Think about where that temptation is coming from. Is it to your flesh? Is it just temptation of the world, like at the, the world's ways, which again, is probably all rooted into uh, things of Satan. He has dominion over this uh, world right now. Is it the lies of the enemy? You're not good enough. You're a failure. Did God really say? See, you can't overcome. You're less than. just the temptations of the world that you need more, you deserve better, go after the bigger paycheck, go after the bigger, the nicer car, the bigger house, the, the more prestigious job. Maybe it's just your flesh. So it's like your appetites of like, man, why do I just keep wanting to feed that part of my flesh? So as you think about that temptation for a moment, because most likely um, the enemy kind of knows where you're, where he wants to hit you. He knows where you're, you're vulnerable. So I want you to think about those patterns of where temptation is, and then I want you to begin to just kind of close your eyes for a moment and kind of picture the next time you're going to be, con be confronted with that place of temptation. And then I want you to picture that there is a door. It's a door that you get to visualize whatever kind of handles on that door. Maybe it's a scrolling handle. Maybe it's a turn knob handle. And picture what that door looks like. Is it a, what color is it? What's it made out of? What does the handle look like? Then I want you to open the door, visualize you're gonna open that door and you're going to begin to see what is on the other side of that door. It's a place of greater freedom. It's a place of greater calling. It's a, great, a place of greater purpose. It's a place of victory. Behind the door is streams of bright light and the feeling of hope. And it's a feeling of um, being an overcomer. And for a moment, you're just going to 
go back and, and remember the other feelings you had or other thinking that you had before you gave in to the temptation the last time, the, which was, I deserve it. You're right. I can't overcome. And that keeps the door closed. And it actually extends the rope that is being wrapped around you. Your hands get tied tighter. Your feet get bound tighter. Your freedoms are being taken away. And so you're going to just think about that for a moment and realize, wait a second. I don't, I don't need that. I, I need to walk through the door. I need to walk through the door. The word of God says that, that Jesus is like the door. Whoever knocks, he opens. And on the other side of the door is just not your opportunity and your freedom, but is the person of Jesus who will love you, who will nurture you, who will care for you, who will guide you, who will restore you, who will heal you. that should put a big smile on your face because that is who's on the other side of the door. So now we'll turn our attention to the communion and if you could turn to the side of the bread first. So Jesus started his ministry with great temptation. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended as well. I think he did. He said, you know, if it's possible, take this cup from me. I think there's a part of him that was like, God, there's got to be another way. (laughs) But the scripture also says, because of his great love for us, that he went to the cross. He endured the cross because of his great love for you and I and everybody who doesn't know him. So if you take this bread and realize that this symbolizes his body that was beaten for us, that was pierced for us, for the um, freeing us from our sin. So we know that if we've given into temptation before, that, that we can come with repentance and he will forgive us and thank the Lord for that. But today he's saying you don't have to keep going back to the cross for forgiveness when the opportunity is to walk through the door that you don't have to keep giving into that temptation, that you can go through the door toward a greater freedom and, and find your calling on the other side of that, your purpose on the other side of that. So as you take this bread, think about not only what Jesus has done for you, but who Jesus is for you on the other side of that door. As you open that door, let's take the bread together. So we get the communion, the whole um, thing that the Bible says as often as we get together that we should celebrate Jesus' death and resurrection. Jesus first modeled this for us in the, the called the Last Supper, which he was gathered with his disciples in the upper room. And he passed back then, it would be a common cup that they would pass around. 
And I think there was probably something really special of that moment that as the cup was being passed, he would, Jesus would probably tell another part of who he is to them. This is juice representing my, that's probably what Jesus would say, representing my blood that would be shed for you. And then a disciple would take a sip of it and pass it on to the next. And I'm sure he would say, not only is, is this for the remission of sin or taking away the sins, I'm going to create you white as snow by it, but I'm sure he's also saw the purpose of Peter, the purpose of John. Interestingly enough, here's, here's a person that gave in to temptation, the enemy's lies, three times denying Christ. Rather should give us hope. <laughs> Peter, who was one of his closest disciples, denies Jesus three times. Not even just sins, he denies Jesus. But then Jesus restores him on the shores. And it says, Peter... Now walk into your calling and build my church. Walk into your calling. I know you were tempted. I know you gave into temptation, but, but now I'm giving you the power to overcome that temptation. Open up the door to your purpose and your freedom and now go do what I've called you to do. I think that's the instruction for us today. It says, okay, I know you've been tempted. I know you have failed. I know you have walked, you've given into that temptation, but today's a new day. Look at this temptation as the opportunity that, I'm presenting you with to walk into your calling and your purpose. So think about what Jesus has done for us as we drink this cup together. There's so much more in the book of Luke in chapter 4 and we just focused on One portion of that, I would encourage you to read, finish reading Luke chapter 4. We're going to get through the whole book of Luke, but there are going to be portions that we're going to be asking of you to dig in and, and do some work on yourself, by yourself on that. But I want to encourage you, I guarantee you, because we've had this subject this week, <laughs> that you will be tempted this week. But take courage, get a little excited because that temptation is the opportunity for you to open the door to what God has for you next. The calling, the purpose, the good things that he has. So next time you're facing temptation, don't look at it as something that I've got to like to stay away from. Look at it saying, I'm going to overcome by the blood of the lamb. Word of his testimony, word of my testimony, the word of God, as we open up that door into your freedom, into your purpose, you get to look back and say, thank you, Lord Jesus. That temptation was the very thing that was the catalyst to greater freedom and greater purpose in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, then this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live 
on your computer or on your device, we want to say, invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching. Thank you.